and welcome to Be The Hero YouTube channel and Defy The Norm podcast. Today, Victor and I are shooting from the hip. I don't know, what are we going to talk about today? He said, we should record a video. And I said, well, why don't we just go live? Well, not live. It's not live. But let's just let's like just... start recording and see because otherwise we waste so much time as a couple talking about theory. theory. It's so not fun well, for me. So, what do you want to talk would, about? I would love to jump into... Um, the concept, it, Robin, Robin and Gabby and Isabel, to a large extent, have developed this beautiful way of integrating both Enneagram and astrology and manifestation and how to impact reprogramming. And reprogramming. But then what ends up happening is like it's amazing, but how do we get guys on board sometimes? That's that's we need, and I always say like we need to get them on that first. What's that first step? And so with, with a lot of guys, I'll say, say things like, it's your stress. Oh, okay, I can understand that. Let me and start And I think that. it's the age sometimes that of the clientele mm. that Victor ends up having that he feels like the idea of just going straight to emotions and programming and Enneagram and trauma and all that is like taboo. Like men, men that age just don't talk about that, those kind of things. And I don't, I disagree. I think it's so, never in the world have people been more open more to like, ready. tell me, yes, I get it. I know I'm an emotional being. I get this. Let's just, let's just cut to the chase. And so we end up trying to have different strategies when I go like, why don't you just ask? Why don't you just ask straight up? Like, how do you feel? Like, how do you want to feel? And it's like, we, don't, we can't do that. I can be like, how's your stress, man? How's your sleep? How's, how's your eating? No, I think we're what I'm alluding to is with every client I ask how they feel. Right. They no matter up, what. No matter what. Okay. Um, but first touches for guys, there's so much. Uh, women are like an onion, like many, many layers to. And men are like a coconut. It's just one hard layer that you get to the watery center. No, note to self, women, buy a machete. <laughs> That's so, sort of it. <laughs> Because once I once I can break once I can break through, they generally will open up wonderfully. But if we can't impact more lives, we're not serving our purpose. And to me, to convey in the simplest way, other than like train like a warrior. Oh yeah, that resonates with me. Like oh yeah, do a martial art that makes you so strong that no one can hurt you. Yes, that resonates. These simple things resonate, but how do I go deeper when, okay, when this is about how much time I have? One, thousand, two, one thousand, three, one thousand. Oh, they're gone. Four, four, one thousand, and they're they're gone. So how do we get men? The same question. How do we get men on board? Straight up by telling them straight up. Hmm. You okay, will straight be... up. Listen, if you don't pay attention to your emotional being now, it'll come back to bite you in the ass. It'll be cause your divorce yeah. it'll cause you not to or to be alone and single if you don't know maybe the it. bigger problem is that when that happens divorce is so widely accepted like oh it's not you just wash your hands of it yeah i was at a party with all these women that are like on their second third fourth marriage yeah. and all i'm thinking i'm like if you guys don't address your wound you know you're gonna be 80 and single and kind of hurt because you never could just address the wound that was holding you back to begin how, with how about the other part um that age but with someone that she finally just like well let's give up he, that person's just gonna be there and i'd rather do, get, have that than be alone does that resonate with you what are you talking about no just in general <laughs> um yeah i i guess well let's go back to let's stick with the men one because that was just a side tangent i think I, because I, there's so many women I go to work with and I go, okay, you can do all the self growth you want, but until your husband's on board, you're just going to feel frustrated and angry forever. And I know, cause that's what we talked about in the uh, episode when we talked about how we almost got divorced so many times and how we've managed to work it out. It's only because we can sit in the fire of these talks and get to the root of the problem with a willingness. Ooh. Mutual willingness to get past it. So maybe the goal is to, to teach you how to become flame retardant. You have to, the 
then on top of it. The only way to become flame retardant is to have a vision for a, for a future that's so exciting, so meaningful that you're willing to sit in the fire. And I think that's too, I think that's the root of all problems. I, I agree. I agree. So most people don't see a, a way out. Well, I have a pretty good idea of what, like, oh man, if I push through, this can look like this for us. Yeah. That's the only reason. And I have third eye issues. Like I've always had, but I have like a powerful feeling that I'm going, that I'm chasing a powerful passion that I'm chasing a powerful connection that I'm chasing. And that's the only reason I've turn back and kept and it trying. helps now because we're nine years into travel and we were traveling a little bit before full-time travel that you've stood in places that energetically are so powerful that that reinforces that it's now you can because you have si si means you uh, rely a lot on memories and of the past for reliable data and so that's why it was really hard for victor and i at the beginning of our travels because he didn't know, like he had such a small perspective, and I see that in most people I work with, is they they haven't seen enough of the world, they haven't pushed their physical being, challenged themselves enough, that's not to say, say the same as that they don't have a hard life or that they don't persist, but you have to step into the unknown so much and come out of it a new person, a different person, new perspective. That's kind of what the fire becomes, is that, we want to go into an argument with um, all of our weapons on our back and like ready to like, oh wait, he says this, boom, I got a sword for that. Oh, they say that, boom, I got a gun for that. Ready to defend and fight back instead of just staying in the space of the unknown of like, hey, where could this go? Where, you know, we have that trouble problem a lot. You like to go, where's it? Where's this dialogue going? Even probably right now, you're like, wait, wait, where, where's this dialogue going? I want to make sure I'm prepared and safe as opposed to wanting to stay in the space of the unknown in, in even an argument or a dialogue or pretty much every part of our life. We should want the unknown, but it's the unknown scary. We as human beings want certainty. And so in a relationship, we fall asleep to our emotions because to deal with the emotions is being in the fire and in the fire can feel like death to us. Okay. So it, we, we fall asleep to our emotions and then we also, we started talking about how we can wake up more men now it just might be uh, that we have encountered more women that have basically said that have said you're my husband needs oh, i i understand this i get this i'm working towards this but my guys sitting playing video games right so i i suppose from what i hear i go okay so men are falling asleep to their emotions and this is where sometimes i'm like well like that awakening right what do you think what do you think is like think we live in a time when it's unfair to be i think the male and female roles to begin with is the problem yeah. because i think it's very hard and unfair what it's like to have to be a man today oh. because you don't have an opportunity enough to be a man so i i think of it as like i feel bad like if we're trying to do some form of gender roles most men have to work an insane amount of hours at their job with an insane amount of pressure to n and never feel like they get ahead. So of course, when it's time to like have these hard talks, they feel like they're drowning. The big thing that saved us is we were able to create such a cushion in our life where we didn't have to work. I mean, we had like decades yeah, of like that's privilege though, right? 20, oh, we're white privilege. <laughs> <laughs> we're Mexican American and white privilege. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it be, so I think that's one of the first starting points is we need to first, women, we have this, society's got our back. You can be anything, want anything. But the fact is, is like most women don't want to be CEO of a company. They can, they can, you can, if that's what you want to do, that's cool. But I think the majority of women want to be in a nurturing, loving relationship where their husband, boyfriend, whatever takes the lead, feels like they're being protected while they get the ability to nurture their children. Okay, so leave the comments. You can like hate on me for that. Head traditional family no, values, but it's great. Like at the root, now we also live at a time where I can have traditional fam family values where I did get to stay home and take care of my kids, but I also got to do a little creative side hustle with, with our coaching and with our business, bit, really uh, nomads yeah. and, and stuff like that. So, you know, it's, 
it was impossible really for me to fully like take on the role of mom and full provider with my businesses, but it was enough to give me a sense of self while I simultaneously prioritized my family unit. And I know, I know for Victor, he had the advantage of for a lot of years, we were able to work like 20, 25 hours a week and get by and, and, and it gave him all this time for self growth. And I'm super grateful for it. But where we do end up hitting heads is there's no transition period. We where and I can understand you have the advantage because you have more time. Most men, if they're <clears throat> working 40, 50 hour weeks, they don't have a lot of time to contemplate these things or to, um, like for you, I go, well, you have plenty oh, well, I, of time I, I to I can learn. speculate. I can speculate. I can honestly say they don't really have a lot of time. Can they get like, I, I'm always super shocked at how many people like watch football all day Sunday. Right. True. We don't like watch. You, we don't watch football. We don't know what's. We, we don't, don't even know TV. what's on Netflix. I mean, I just got off being ill, and I, that's more TV than I've had on in five years. But that's because I was sick. Just leave the TV on. So you really have to curate your time. Most people I work with with men is like we're talking about awakening, right? Awakening to emotions. That can happen thirty minutes a day in breathwork meditation. And now I'm even broaching the concept of meditative journaling because yeah. this is how important that. I'm like, okay, you're not journaling. We're going to do it while you meditate because yeah. they, that needs to happen too. And so I need to be, if I need to be that for my individual clients, so be it. I'm going to yeah. take them through the prompts. 100%. Um, and it's true what you're saying. You can hack it to 30 minutes. And honestly, before even just takes longer for, to the gym for a workout, um, before even walking to the kitchen to cook healthy food, like in some ways, meditation, breath work, and journaling almost need to be at the top of people's list right now just to get just to get that sense of self first I think yeah I think if you prioritize right so goals associated with it so we go back and like okay society's working against you you said yeah. you said we, we, women in general like we got you we got you although that's whatever people can speculate but in general men are still going through this beat down now the divine masculine divine feminine some of the issues associated with the world and greed and power you could say oh well that's the ma masculine out of proportion and we still need to bring up that balance so we're in no way saying that men need to be more violent and greedy we're trying to bring up individual health of an individual and if there is dis-ease in a man they are out of whack and that you will lose them to something some bs and then what's the answer there now they're now they're not in a relationship they're not taking care of their kids and you just think it's the that it's out of whack we need to make sure that they're they're feeling healthy and strong um i think this so can i get a starting yeah, point go. <clears throat> okay so a couple starting points so we said first before the gym before even eating oh, yeah, right, yeah. right now just like bringing it back to how how important developing metacognition is developing metacognition means being able to be aware of yourself while you're thinking awareness of the thoughts awareness of your feelings so just being able to pause and sit there and, and watch your thoughts right meditation you're just watching the clouds pass by wow i had no idea that this bothered me i had no idea this thought was there Breathwork um, is just clearing because most people are, uh, are so stressed out, their containers overflowing, and just by doing some effective breathwork techniques, you can just make room in your energetic being to be able to just think, to be able to process. Yeah. So it adds to metacognition. And then journaling, it's one thing to think of all these rapid fire thoughts. I mean, you have 60,000 to 80,000 thoughts a day on the subconscious level, um, just to bring one conscious thought to the surface by writing it is really, really powerful. So let's just say you did that. And that part's great. The other two hacks are heart chakra, heart opening. You have to, mm. did you know that if you practice um, gratitude journaling or just writing down, you know, grateful practice three times a day for four days, that boosts your immune system by like 50%. Like 
just journal. So can you imagine if you're in a relationship and you just set a timer every morning when you woke up, you just wrote a paragraph. I'm so grateful that I get to live in this beautiful new RV with my husband. My kids are happy and healthy next door. Lunchtime. Same thing. I am so grateful. You just say the same thing. Find one thing you're grateful for. It can be the most mediocre thing. I'm so glad I got grass-fed beef on my toast today. <laughs> it can be something silly, but you start there and then at night. Four days later, <laughs> you'll probably be a different person just from that simple thing. And I know you have something to add. The last one was um, that you need a vision. You need a vision. So most, a lot of people have a lot of uh, block third eye. If you, um, most people, it's really hard to picture a vision. You, this is different than goals. It's not to say I want to buy a brand new red Corvette when I'm 50, or I want to make a million dollars next year. We're talking about a vision usually is, uh, rooted in how you want to feel and what you want your day, day to look like, to flow, the connections you want to have, the passions you want to pursue. That's vision. So you're like, you know what? I just want to feel at ease and not rush when I wake up in the morning. I want to feel excited that I have an ever-changing front door. I want to, um, I want to feel understood if um, something triggers me, and I want to be able to communicate openly with my spouse. Those are some of the things that started my journey a decade ago. And so, that vision. You have to come back to that vision and and then check in. I think this is the thing that happens is if you are the lucky few that can create a vision like that, you struggle with the belief that either you're not worthy of it or the belief that you're incapable because I've never created it. How could I create it now? It's impossible. And so you put up these roadblocks before you even try. And then if you could be the very, very, very few that can get through those parts, then it takes, it takes uh, consistency because you're an emotional being and the moon moves every two and a half days. And so no matter what, you're going to change. You're going to have some cycles in those emotions that are going to make it hard. Watiko is going to get to you and oh, we tell you things. Watiko. We have a right podcast now, on Watiko. Yeah, but I think it's coming up because that term is being thrown around a lot more. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, I'm, I so, so like just to touch on three actual steps from what you said, I totally yeah. agree with metacognition, a uh, heart chakra and vision. But what if I always look at myself as one of the most, like I was, I'm broken, like because of, uh, of trauma, like I come into this, like, okay, I'm the most broken thing. So how can I convince someone? Everyone always goes like, how do I know if I'm doing this Easy. right? It's easy. How do I convince somebody who's broken to do the work? No. How do I I'm say it again? coming up with yeah. steps. Okay. Um, I get this a lot. Of, how do I know if I'm doing any of this right? Mm. Right? So um, let's see if you agree with this. The, the trick is that there's level, levels to all of this. And so sometimes when we're along the steps, first, you can't do it wrong. Um, and so just starting is the most important thing. Okay, well, I meditated. Like, my meditation looks and feels a thousand percent different than the first day I sat down. I can sit down right now on my mat a few minutes before my clients come in and I'm already like can start focusing on. Uh, the other thing that I used to tell clients when they come in, people used to see me for 30 years about to fix injuries. And I would say, it took you a while to get this screwed up. It's going to take me a, take me a minute to fix you up. It's a, allow yourself the grace, and that's part of gratitude, I think, is like allow yourself the grace to work through these steps. And then number three, um, when you're working on vision, like start with what you can see. Um, because I had such a third eye blockage and struggled with that for so long. I struggled, I would just jump into trying to see myself, you know, financially, successful but i would start off by seeing a vision of the per the father i wanted to be even deeper and because i naturally had that desire it made that more clear and when that became clear then i could start seeing expand my focus yeah you want to add that really yeah i know and it's funny i was telling somebody a story about your adrenal fatigue last night 
and how it was like, is it broken? How Humpty Dumpty <laughs> broke into a thousand pieces and like literally like two years, two years to piece those pieces back together. So it is, does take a lot of patience. We could have sped that up though a lot, I think with uh, scripting. Scripting is a, the journaling where, so a lot of times we journal and we journal about the past, right? This happened to me, this is, you know, I felt this, um, it made me angry, blah, blah, blah. It's super valuable, especially if you have trouble even recognizing uh, what your emotions are, or if you know there was bad stuff that happened in the past and you just don't wanna look at it again, it can be helpful to bring it to the surface once or twice. Pen, white pads, whatever you need to for till it loses its power. However, I still think, cause when I think about Victor, He's actually gets pretty good about that. Scripting is so much harder for him. And scripting is journaling in the future. It would be like pretending that today, or that today was a year from now. That's, you, you can use any timeline, but going into your future self and writing, your, writing a journal prompt, I am so grateful that I put these pieces together um, and kind of write out how you did it because I think for Victor as he tries to step into his voice and being being able to coach this stuff in um, um, Just so he feels more empowered coaching this more of the Enneagram and astrology It would be it's like I'm so thankful that I spent time watching all of Isabel's Scorpio and 12th house and all of her astrology videos and taking notes so that I'd have a deeper understanding. And now that I have this deeper understanding, I can create videos myself all the time and I don't have to look for, for help from Robert or my daughters. It feels, this is the important, it feels so empowering to be self-sufficient and knowledgeable in something that I was really telling myself that I could never be knowledgeable in. So you're putting yourself in the future of what the actions were that you did simultaneously with the emotion that the success creates as opposed to journaling we dwell we're bringing it to the surface and we're dwelling on it and we're trying to offload it with scripting we're creating a path to the future reality we want to wake up to yeah um i know i talked a lot i always talk a lot the um i used to do it with victor when we traveled and he didn't like traveling i would script dumbest one like that it comes to mind all the time but i am so grateful we're in the sawtooth we just finished this hike victor was here he actually did the 20 mile hike with us and now we're sitting around the campfire cracking open a beer two years later it was real it was the reality came did it happen as fast as i wanted to no but it did eventually wait, happen. Wait, nothing's ever going to happen fast enough for an eight this is true it happened yesterday maybe <laughs> so <laughs> this is very true so it was like, it does work. So what we, we do holotropic breath work. Our gift is when you do a breath work session with us, we're combining holotropic breath work with chakra healing. And in doing so, holotropic is all about wholeness. Well, you can't feel whole if you have a chakra blockage. So taking your existing life today and looking at each chakra and think, huh, what about me today doesn't feel safe and secure with chakra? What about me doesn't feel worthy? Sacral chakra. Going through each chakra and then write the antithesis of what would it look like today to have a to feel like you safe have and yeah. safety and security. Victor used to say 5,000 in the bank and then we'd get there and he'd still not do it. He's like 10,000 in the bank, 15,000 in the bank. And it's not to say that that's not a part of it, but to me, I was like, well, it's not about the, then it's not this part. It's the next chakra then. Okay, what is it that you need then that would make you feel worthy? What would it make you that feel creative and expressive? What would it be that would make you act brave and bold? Yeah. All of these things, you you have this comparison. Yeah, I, I don't know. I 100% I agree as a progression. So to highlight everything, like just, just, we started off with like how to get guys nice. on there. And so uh, I have a bit, we started talking about improving metacognition. Um, open up your heart chakra. This is if a guy's watching it, and you yeah. really, honestly, you sit in the mirror and you go, do I really care? Yeah, do you care? That's 
do I care enough? You used to be amazing at that in like that you, even when I get mad, you'd be like, are you in or are you out? Which is an important starting point. Are you in or out? Like, and then you get, well, I'm in only if, yeah. and that's okay too. Like I'll have so some clients, some clients ha have relationship problems and I'm like, well, what are the three scripts? I'm so happy my husband and I no longer fight because he blank, blank, and blank. Most husbands would appreciate that if they're just handed over, like, just give me a... Dude, a, yeah, I mean, like, just tell me what you want me to do. Like, the tasks problem. are easy. It's when you start getting into this greater sub, uh, consciousness or you're realizing... Well, it's like, like when I tell you, I want you to be driven. Yeah. And that's a hard one because you're like, well, what does that mean? Give me a task. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Like, do you want me to dig a hole? Put myself in it? <laughs> <laughs> but I was gonna say, what about wives? So men, I feel like we gave them a lot of. Well, I don't know. Points. I don't know. Like we wanted to show up more often. Like, like you want to put a pin in it, and then we'll talk about wives. I want to tomorrow. add one because okay, I think the one. simple one is women. I'm sorry. I'm gonna like I'm gonna be bottom line up front. But like, you guys are afraid to ask your husbands. Mm, like man. most women that can't work with me, it's because they're too scared to just straight up go ask. Like, hey, I really care about you, but. I really wish you were emotionally available for me. Too. Side note, go read Ask if you're having trouble with that. Do you feel like that helps you? Uh, it does. Like asking of the universe and learning to actually use your throat, like throat chakra, which we talk, obviously talk about here. Um, but it's, I mean, guys are no different. Yeah. Like they, like you always say, hey, like man up, just ask for what you want. And, uh, but I'm like, oh, okay, but you're tough over here, but you can't step up and have difficult talks. I think it's important to build up the resilience. Yeah. And the only reason I can pull from that is because then I go, okay, Victor, you are a Pan Am placer. You are, t like, I literally pull from these things when I climb, climb and will myself through that. Like, dude, you're amazing and strong. Of course you can do this. Yeah. But in the, then you take that and go, you're amazing and strong and resilient. You can be resilient in this discussion. Not an argument, just heated discussion. Well, the reason we we sat down and recorded today, I think, is because we tapped into third eye more. Honestly, because well, I sat around. Do you think it's sick. because of that? Did that help? Uh, I can share that. Yeah, well, yeah, we can go into that. Leaning into your wings and enneagram are super critical. It's too easy. It's too easy to wallow in the pity of your enneagram as a two. We always have that. I'm every a two. every enneagram is easy to wallow in your pity. Well, the um, martyrdom of, your, of my two is like, oh, well, this is for me. This is the slice of, but if I just go, okay, fine. I'll lean into my three and lean into my one. Then I know what that looks like clearly. And, and just stepping back and going, okay, what does that mean? Okay, well, I'm going to, I need, and actually the, Pis the Piscean thing this morning was really big, which we talked about Pisces being the womb because I've always seen my Pisces as my escapism and nothing that can ever actually come from that. But if I look at my North Node, and this is getting way more convoluted. That's no, no, good. Keep going. going into my North Node with Sagittarius and philosophical leanings towards that. And understanding that Pisces is not sitting amongst the unicorns, but a womb that can grow something. That kind of triggered something today. I was like, all right. Well, let me just see if something can grow from, from that. So Victor South Node's in Gemini, ninth house. North Node in Sagittarius, third house. And we were talking about last night, I go, do you really understand what that means? And not really. And so I was like, trying to explain. Because Victor has, as a two, tends to chameleonize to who's around, but I feel like, well, she's 30 years. I feel like the most, you're pretty authentic around me. And I go like, just show up, show up as you, which that's why we're doing this like this, because now you can be really, you feel pretty authentic. Yeah. Yeah. And it's more, it's not like it means to, it's just your, your, you know, your mercury takes over and then your ascending takes over. And so it makes it hard. And it's like, you know, your Sagittarius is about being a philosopher in your everyday communication. And he has clients who he's literally worked with for 20 years every day. And so it's probably hard because that keeps him on a default program. It's like it's every day you might want to wake up in the morning and like, and be how I'll explain the Sagittarius North node. But 
because he has to act in the same job. And I always say, well, you know, you just have to gradually over time change your dialogues with clients, you know, just for fun, be more philosophical, be like, be like Alan Watt by your, and I know he's like that with me, that we'll go for runs and we have, we're gonna just have to start running with our phone for these conversations, but. Um, Ruck, rucking with our phone. Rucking, there we go. We go philosophical, like, and that's where his Piscean comes out and he's very much more about. Ponderings. Well, what about this? What do you think about this? And. But when the when it's time to film and show up, say on Instagram or on his YouTube, and I need to be data oriented and detail oriented, well, that's his South Node in Gemini, or on top of it, he's got a lot of placements in Virgo, so it's very hard to show up and just be like, well, what if? Like, why don't we try this? Even though healing is life, gets to embody that. So you might see us just start showing up like this every day because I think it helps. Another way I th think. Um, I told him though his moon's in Pisces. So his emotions, he always looked at Pisces, it's like your emotions are in the unicorn. It also makes him really sensitive. So it's very hard for my type eight to come in sometimes and be like, look, bottom line up front, this is what we need to do. She's like, oh, why do you talk to me in that tone? Can't we, can't we talk to it in a nicer, just a little softer. Um, so his Piscean, I said, well, you know, it's not just the unicorns. It's because if you think about it in the unicorns, he wasn't, valuing his philosophy but your philosophy is amazing so I said, what if you just think of it in like more of a 5d reality that you're birthing that you're in the womb and you're giving birth to new ideas that's kind of what's started this conversation today is this um, long episode of how we can get husbands on board because i kind of think victor is a pioneer in showing men that they can balance masculine and feminine energies in a healthy way. And that there's usually, we're, we're usually off only by 10 or 20%, yeah. but that 10 to 20% is really hard and painful and it feels scary, it's unknown. And our whole identity has been held together by gripping really tightly to that 40% that, um, that we do rely on. So <laughs> women, when you can't, Victor said, um, afraid, to ask. afraid to ask, but one, he said, read the book, ask, but one of the ways I think too, is you need to first start by writing what you want. Cause I have, a, I think sometimes women don't really know what they want. Mm. They just know they feel unsafe and they're scared and they're overwhelmed and they're tired. And if they just start by saying that there's a good chance that their husbands will say, guess what? I feel the exact same way. Yeah. And so sometimes it's just a, an ability to we don't really want our spouse to say that like, okay, well, when I was eight, this thing happened to me. We really just want relatability in sharing that we were scared, we're tired, we're overwhelmed, we really want to do our best. We love our kids so much and we're so scared that we're going to mess up because much of what society is telling us to do in raising our kids doesn't feel intuitively right. And, and when you go to write that, You'll be able to highlight the key parts that like, okay, this is truth, this isn't truth, this is what I really want. And then to start that dialogue, you just need to practice writing like, hey, I really care about you. I really respect how hard you work for our family, but I have a lot of emotions and I need somebody to share them with. Do you think you could start by just listening I'm not, and not think that I'm judging you? And then practice saying that. Or better yet, just text your spouse. If you can't say that, text them that. Start with texting it back and forth. And then eventually you can sit down at a table like this over a glass of wine or beer and, and open that up. Let me tell you, if you don't, if you don't, what are you teaching your kids? You're just you know? perpetuating potentially what is also being carried in both of you from previous generations as well about it generational self-worth yeah, crisis. Yeah, so you're just going to hand that same kind of, and you know, I remember when you say that, it reminds me when we were in Montana for that time, I would start my meditation with the, the, the meta, like it ends with me, it ends with me, it ends with me, because that in the end, it needed to start, it started with the pain that I was inflicting on my family with everything, and I couldn't do it just for myself. I had to find a reason outside of myself because I'm a two. And so I was like, oh, okay, it's going to end with me. 
and I just sit there with that intention and eventually things unfolded to the point where I'm like, okay, now I can start focusing on beyond that. And even though our two boys are different Enneagrams and that plays a little bit a role in it, I can just see such a huge difference. Like Danny, we have to go back and kind of help nurture because it was different. It was a different yeah. You parented him different yeah. than our younger son, Jariah. Yeah. And the how much more balance Jariah has just from just from the self-growth Victor has done is huge. Yeah, so I mean, and, and so now, like, the I also think it's a blessing, too, because Daniel has so many talents, so many talents, especially, and I can now see it, and we're, I was at a decent enough place now to nurture a dialogue, to go like, hey, man, what, what, what do you, I'm here for you, I got your back, yeah. like, are you just going to keep running this play, or are we going to go this way, bow yourself more, and the, the, that carries some more weight. I think the big one sometimes is you can show up now and say, like, there's anything wrong with you it's just like there's stuff like hey don't be me i recognize that i used to do these yeah, things yeah well and that's huge. that brings up another another thing right the, f the connection that you make with your family and that and a father and son relationship or mother and daughter relationship like what is your goal is your goal never to show like any weakness in front of your family i got news for you the world will show you that anyway yeah you think you're hiding it you but think you're, you're really hiding not. it you're not and and I feel lucky enough that I was thrust into this, but I got news for you. I've never once given up, and uh, because I will never let my family see, see me give up on a relationship or on being there for them or just to keep trying. Like, oh, yeah, I really screwed that one up. I really screwed the pooch on that one. So, yeah, I mean, well, admitting nice that there's more going on to you, wow, what bad can come with that? Let's go on one more foot. Let's go into trauma right. bonding for a second. So we started this with the fact that husbands that husbands and wives, there's not a cohesiveness overall. And I, I've been reluctant to like really, really dive into relationships, but not anymore. I'm going into relationships more. Because my daughter, Gabby said, we went to a couple different parties and I told you, so I just saw like divorce, 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 about on the brink of a divorce. Yeah avoiding relationships altogether because they fear divorce. It's like, and it's sad. It's sad. I want, you know, marriage can be hard, but it's like one of the most beautiful things and raising a family is so beautiful. Like, do we want to live in a world 30 years from now where it's test two babies and government run um, parenting? It's like, there's, I, I really just don't think that that um, agenda is going to play out anyways. But that is what they want, and so we have to fight back by strengthening the family. And so Gabby said to me, she said, Mom, you've got to say stuff about relationships. Like, everybody is divorced. And even for the fact that I'm tell you, getting coaching is so much cheaper than getting divorced. So get help if you need help with this. But here's the, here's the hard truth. There's a good chance that you and your spouse trauma bonded. It's just normal. Almost everybody does, especially in their first marriage, in that you felt this lack of wholeness. You felt this um, insignificance. And so you found a significant other and initially they make you feel significant. But all of a sudden, you know, marriage, kids, life, career, all this stuff happens. And all of a sudden they're not filling your tank the way they could when you were first dating. And so now it's like, you're not this and you're never this. And that is trauma bonding. When we're looking to somebody else to fill a void within ourselves, we end up in a problem. We end up in divorce or in fighting all the time. And it's very important, the holotropic breathing to become whole, chakra balancing. So the energy flows top to bottom. It's very important that we make ourselves whole and then we come into this relationship and go, hey, what do you want? Hey, what do I want? Hey, what part of those wants do we want to do together and what parts are we going to do by ourselves? Because we end up seeing so many codependencies. Well, they don't want, I mean, we were there, so it's easy for us to talk about it. You don't want what I want, but I wasn't brave enough to just go do the things on my own. And then I'd be angry because really I was just scared to go do the things by myself. I was scared to, um, 
I, you know, I felt like, wait, I need you there so I feel significant instead of just making myself feel significant and then being able to, to come into it. So to come into the relationship with like kindness, love, compassion, all those important things that a type eight has to embrace more of. And Victor does the other end with, as a two, he has to step more into, like he depended on me for leadership, for paying all the bills, for making all the decisions, for all these semi-masculine things that I was like, I don't want to have to be in control of all of these things. But at first, my eight loved being in control and his two loved not having not to Not having to worry about that. You're going to pick what we're going to live, what we're going to eat. Sweet. I don't have to worry about that. And then we can come together and go, you know what? I don't feel like I should have to make all the decisions. Yeah. I don't think you should rely on me. And he's going to come to me like, well, I don't think you need to be so critical and overbearing about things. And, and then we meet in the middle and it's like, okay, well, what do you want to make decisions on? Okay. Well, how do you want me to communicate? Okay. Now we have, now we have a way to find balance. Okay. We're, are we going to keep living in an RV? Like we lived in an RV for seven of the years where Victor would say, I hate living in an RV. And I'd be like, okay, well, what do you want to do? I don't know. Well, the problem was, is like, uh, yeah, that's, that's a bigger question. Cause I, at, at the, at the time I was saying that because I was not happy with myself because I hadn't really realized what was going on within me when we first started this journey. Cause looking back, I'd be like, man, do you think we could just simplify? I mean, it wasn't really this simple. But to some extent, it was simplified version was that you didn't feel safe and secure and you were just trapped in a stamped imprint of childhood trauma of I'm just scared, I'm not safe and secure, and there's no logical brain Correct. working. Correct. 100%. 100%. And I've, we've done plenty of podcasts and probably videos, but yeah, I mean, your your brain gets sh turned on um, because of a imprint or a memory. And unless you take action to rewire that, well, first off, identify it. It's happening. Boom. I'm going to sit on my mat. <sighs> no, I'm not going to be that person. Yeah. <sighs> I want to be this person. Then you can take action for it. And so to round out yeah, that. You should say that again. That's, that's it. Say it one more time. What you just well, said, that's that was it. That's essentially my method, right? And. Tell us from you, not what you do with other people. Tell what you do for yourself. Explain that in more detail because I know you, so I know how how much of a game changer this has been for you. So to be able to to identify, trigger, whatever you want to call it, um, but let's, for the sake of efficiency, it's when you get triggered to be able to go, oh, stop, it's happening. I will literally say, stop, it's happening in my mind. And I will literally go sit down or find a quiet place and connect with my breath and identify what that program is. Are you just acting out of a place of lack? Whatever that is, you're not actually angry. You're just not feeling unseen, whatever that is. And then breathe in and go, I want to be this person. No, stop. That That's no longer who I am. Breathing into it. And then the breath work varies per the powerfulness of the trigger yeah. yeah so if it's like oh man i'm really okay well <laughs> i'm breathing really really hard to like okay and then when i can feel like i have autonomy over my body because i'm really into my physical quotient how it feels because <laughs> you see me move my spine and so if i start to feel like i'm gaining control of it my body's not reacting then i bring it to third eye and be like no this is who i want to be and if i can't see it who do I want to feel? What do I want to feel like in the future? Yeah. It's funny because we have these like these natural gender tendencies. Um, and I was thinking about how I said, it's a little bit harder to be a man these days, but we've been, I'm going to call out women here though, too, on some things that they're anchors also, because I think women are like, Oh, I want you to be emotionally available. But mm. so few women, are adventurous and sponta spontaneous. The, and I think that becomes another Living in fear problem. Is what you're, you're dabbling yeah, in another problem in that they um, they want this thing from their their spouse. They want this thing where it's like, okay, I want you to feel me and I want you to take these burdens me. from me and hear me and let me complain. And I want you to be more, but don't be so much more that you take me outside my box. 
because I don't really, you know, I don't really want to be scared either. And so I think we have to recognize that we get scared on different planes. Oof, that's, but, a, that, that's a big one too. But like... This is going to be a six-hour podcast. <laughs> you know, you have to ask yourself, because that same trigger that Victor's explaining, that same, that same trigger, you know, a lot of women have the same thing in a physical sense of, like, I can't, you know, I can't go um, mountain biking, that seems scary, or I can't go rock climbing, or I can't go skydiving with you, or I can't just drop everything. Like, if we're going to go to Jamaica for a trip, I need to plan it two years in advance, and instead of, like, like you know, if you're asking for something from your spouse, like, why not just drop, like, drop everything and leave tomorrow? Why not? People don't do that, though. Um, everything has so controlled. So just keep that in mind. Well, I think I wanted to just, and this is my Gemini, sorry, but but I think it should connect the dot. If you're dealing with fear, and I have a massive root chakra blockage, right? Yeah. So you probably have some of that. Now, I'll give you an example. When I went through my adrenal fatigue, anything excitatory was transmuted into anxiety. So something is fun. I love roller coasters. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. Before your adrenal fatigue, love them. I always loved them. And I had and I forced myself to go on them because I was like, no, I like these. But I didn't know the challenges that I had to grit my teeth to oh, be like are, reframing yeah. like, no, I'm not gonna get a panic attack. I'm going to force myself to do this. And so it's important to know that happiness and joy and exhilaration are right next door to anxiety. And if you keep telling yourself not to feel fear, you're going to risk not feeling at all. Not feeling at all. I was not even excitement because you're like, ooh, 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 have a flutter. Well, I get a flutter just running downhill kind of fast. A, a swing. Apparently for making eggs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's exciting. <laughs> that perfectly overwhelming egg is exciting. And you asked me yesterday, what was it? I asked you, what makes you excited? You uh, guys know I like. Think of excited. And I'm well, like, I, I just start spitting. So my problem is because of like uh, uh, that, like answering those things. I'm like, okay, well, I got to start simple. Right, to have trouble with that vision, so I threw out it beautifully like over coffee, coffee some nice over over medium eggs or uh, uh, <laughs> so sunny side up eggs. Uh, but obviously, that that's not what I'm truly excited about. But I needed to start with that. Anyway, so <laughs> if you're so to kind of round out that the issue. Well, wait, I'm not done. I got okay. more one. Okay, so this book. I need to go stretch. <laughs> okay. Uh, the Enneagram Guide to Waking Up by Beatrice Chestnuts. Because remember we said that there's a problem in you can't move past the trauma without a vision of who you want to be. Victor said he's really good at sitting, he catches the trigger, he sits down, he meditates, he says this is not who I want to be, and then puts in a picture of who he does want to be. Because if I'm just... usually wearing a tuxedo shirt because <laughs> I like to party. <laughs> and so... By using the any this book, instead of like looking at for over identification, because everyone's great about this. I am a type two, and I like to be liked, and I this and I that. But there, it's really hard for people to look at what they need to become to take it and go, okay. Use your wings. So you would go into whatever number you are. Just look at the part that says using your wings as growth stretches. Just that. Create a checklist out of that. That is so, so helpful. Assuming you are correctly typing yourself and you know what wings to ask that, um, to look at in here. I think the wings, I know for myself, it helped me tremendously by taking the eight and looking at exactly how she describes reaching into the seven and the nine wings. It was very helpful. No, yeah, I mean, and one thing about I like about this book, guys, guys, it's pretty short. Like it's consolidated efficiently. So if you can spend time pieces together, first off, I think if you read, you 
I think most people have trouble just typing correctly is the only flaw to this. No. Uh, when when we host retreats, yeah, I always start, um, we always start the retreat with astrology because it's pretty much a guarantee that in your astrology, when I, when myself or Gabby or Isabel start reading it, that people are like, oh my gosh, that's so me. That's so me. That's yeah. so me. And then from the astrology, I can narrow it down to like two enneagrams. You're either this or this. And then you just talk to me long enough and I'm like, oh yeah, you're this one. Words, words always come out to figure out yeah. this is, this is, and it is important because you have to look at what the growth is. Victor could easily be seen as a nine, but his, while his growth could be looked at as like as a nine, you grow more into a three, like you need to be achievement driven. That wouldn't be necessarily for him as a, he needs to grow into more of a four. And think about how I said a Sagittarius North node in third house is way more four-like than three-like. A four is very much like, so I am special because I thought of this unique thing that nobody else but other fours have thought of. And I'm going to find my tribe that likes what I'm talking about. Well, as a North Node in Sagittarius in third house, that's kind of what Victor has to embrace. It's like, so I was thinking that if you do your breath work in this pattern and, or this sequence and this variation of breathing with this journal prompt, it's going to be mind blowing. And that is actually his, his growth. That's the, the beauty of it. And that's very much like for, for like, so it is really cool. Cause I think you started this with saying that, um, how I can bring them together. Yeah. Enneagram, astrology, chakras, they all come together to form a healthier, happier relationship where you spend much less time fighting and more time having sex. <laughs> and that's all I want. <laughs> <laughs> so leave us a comment and we'll see what we will come up with. I do this every day, but we'll try to do more of these if you like it. Leave us a comment. Um, subscribe either on the podcast Defy the Norm or subscribe to our YouTube channel, Be the Hero. Uh, join Be the Hero if you're ready for if you're ready for change. I don't want to say everyone join Be the Hero. If you're ready for change, join Be the Hero. Go in, go to be the hero academy and start with the core curriculum. Got my chakra course, I've got um, Gabby's Get Out of Beta, her stress course, I've got astrology, Enneagram, tell your story. Really, really important starting points in the video I tell you you should be able to get through those in two weeks and from there you should be ready to do some form of coaching either a discovery call with one of us or to jump into some daily breath work something next take those steps you deserve it because change it stops it starts here or it ends with us That's yeah it ends with us it ends with us